Welcome to the Science Update Podcast. I'm Bob Hershon, and this is the podcast for November 9th, 2012. The Science Update Podcast is produced by AAAS, advancing science, serving society. The sexes are almost like two different animals living almost two completely different lives. Nobody really thinks about plant-like organisms fleeing from their predators. It appeared to us that he was very much altering his sound production mechanism to accommodate the production of these very low-frequency humanoid sounds. What it is to be human, to have the kinds of thoughts that we have and the experiences that we have, is based on the way that our brains grow and develop. This week, how the brain's insulation differs between us and chimpanzees, and why that insulation is so vital to our social development. Also, how algae flee their predators, and why female Komodo dragons die young. But first, Suzanne Bard reports on a whale that sounded like a person. This might sound like a recording of a man singing badly in the shower, but it's really a beluga whale mimicking human speech. Divers and whale trainers at the National Marine Mammal Foundation first mistook the vocalizations for another person, according to veterinarian and neurobiologist Sam Ridgway. What we would hear is something like you're hearing a conversation going on at a distance, but you don't make out the words. But further investigation revealed that a whale named Nosy produced the sounds. Ridgway says whales usually vocalize well above the human vocal range. It also has a rhythm and spectrum very similar to human speech. It appeared to us that he was very much altering his sound production mechanism to accommodate the production of these very low-frequency humanoid sounds. As to why the whale didn't just stick to whale talk, Ridgway says no one knows for sure, but he speculates that Nosy may have enjoyed the attention. From the standpoint of the whale, I think uh, he just liked feedback. He liked to be noticed. Ridgway notes that Nosy lived until his mid-30s, but the research on his human-like vocalizations wasn't published until this year because, as Ridgway puts it, Nosy's researchers and trainers were busy with more pressing research about how whales communicate through the water, and many of those findings came from studying Nosy. Thanks for that report, Suzanne. That was some whale. In other sea life news, it's not just animals that flee from their predators. Scientists report that phytoplankton, tiny plant-like organisms that inhabit the world's oceans, actively avoid hungry zooplankton. University of Rhode Island oceanographers Elizabeth Harvey and Susanna Mendendoyer led the research. Mendendoyer says phytoplankton can double their population every two days if they have a safe place to hide. But if not, their predators can decimate their population in a day. What's really fascinating is fleeing behaviors are common in the animal world. Zebras running away from lions and so on. But nobody really thinks about plant-like organisms fleeing from their predators. And what we've observed here is that plant-like organisms have the same fleeing behaviors as animals. She says the phytoplankton are sensitive to their predators' movements and scents and escape them by swimming away. We know there's both a contribution of a chemical cue as well as a mechanical cue. Understanding their relationship is important because phytoplankton convert carbon dioxide into oxygen and are so common in the ocean that they produce as much as 50% of the oxygen that we breathe. Next, we head for Indonesia, where Suzanne says Komodo dragons take the division of labor to a deadly extreme. Life for female Komodo dragons is nasty, brutish, and short. 
This according to University of Melbourne zoologist Tim Jessup. He says Komodo dragons are the largest reptiles on the planet, and while males can live for up to 60 years, very few females make it to even half that age. I think they're living up to about 30 years, so that the sex ratio becomes very biased towards males. Now, Jessup and his colleagues suspect what's wearing the females out is housework. He says a female will spend an entire month remodeling an enormous abandoned bird nest into a suitable place to lay her eggs. And it's a really physically demanding process. The nests are actually quite large, way bigger than, for example, a large dining table, anywhere from about 20 feet long to about 6 feet wide. Then she diligently guards her nest for months, often going without food. They seem to go to extraordinary lengths to invest in their offspring. So we think that the cost of those very large nests may be leading to a lot shorter lifespan than the males. The males, on the other hand, put most of their energy into growing large enough to compete with other males for the scarce females. The sexes are almost like two different animals living almost two completely different lives. Thanks for that report, Suzanne. Myelin is a fatty tissue that insulates neurons, and it's essential for the rapid and coordinated signaling in our brains that makes higher thought possible. Social neglect early in life may rob brain cells of this insulation, according to researchers at Boston Children's Hospital. It's well known that young children raised in socially deprived environments develop cognitive problems. Now, neuroscientist Gabriel Corfus and his colleagues have found that mice reared without playmates or toys develop less myelin in the brain's prefrontal cortex. Which we know results in slower conduction of nerve impulses in the brain. In fact, the brains of isolated mice looked and functioned like those of mice genetically engineered to be myelin deficient. And returning the mice to a socially rich environment environment didn't undo the damage. Corfes says it's not yet clear whether social isolation deprives developing brains of a critical stimulus or damages them with stress. Next, Suzanne says chimpanzees have myelin too, and scientists are looking at how it develops in them compared to us. The process of nerve myelination begins in the womb and takes off once a baby is born. Now, scientists have discovered that the brains of our closest living relatives, the chimpanzees, go through myelination earlier and faster than us. George Washington University evolutionary anatomist Chet Sherwood explains. What it is to be human, to have the kinds of thoughts that we have and the experiences that we have, is based on the way that our brains grow and develop. Humans are born with relatively little myelin content in the cerebral cortex compared to chimpanzees. That means our brains are really under-maturated at the time of birth compared to chimpanzees. Therefore, there's a lot more development that has to occur through early infancy in human brains, and that provides opportunities for plasticity to affect social learning. And it's important to do these kinds of studies because it's the only way to reveal what's really distinct and unique in human brain growth. The research appears in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Thanks, Suzanne. Well, that's all we have for you this week. Next week, how dung beetles stay cool and solving the mystery of a butterfly's mysterious disappearance. But if you can't wait that long for your next science fix, tune into the Science Update Podcast Daily Edition every day, Monday through Friday. You can find it on our website, scienceupdate.com or at iTunes. You can also check out Science Update's fan page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. And if you have a science question, give us a call at 1-800-WHY-IS-IT. That's 1-800-949-4748. Thanks for listening. I'm Bob Hershon for AAAS, the Science Society.